0: So I'm gonna get straight to the point. Thanks. I couldn't think of a more horrible job if I wanted to. And you have to do it. You have to. I'll fire you. Do you understand?
1: Hello everybody and welcome to Ben and Brand See a Movie. I am your host Ben Friedman and with me as always is Branson Indelicato.
2: Hi everybody, this is a special week.
1: Yes, because we have finally we are finally here at Cage Page. Off. Cage. Which is the six week summation of our Nicolas Cage uh, filmography, the Binge-a-thon. episodes. Yes. Ten ep- ten movies of Nicolas Cage, I think technically I think we did 11, actually, at one point, because I think we just watched enough of other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, like, 11 to 12 Nicolas Cage films (laughs) in the span of six weeks. And I am really excited because we have a special guest joining us today. His name is Keith Phipps, and he is the author of a new book coming out called Age of Cage, The History of Nick Cage, which is not the uh, subtitle of the book. But I'll let Keith jump into it and tell us about... Uh, himself. So welcome to our show, Keith. Well,
0: oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, 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 you know, you want to talk Nicolas Cage, I'll, I'll, I'll be here and talk Nicolas <laughs> Cage. <laughs> as,
2: as much uh, uh, Nick Cage movies as we've watched in the past month and a half or so, I, I'm willing to bet that you've watched those movies at least three times more than we have, plus a few.
0: Yeah, it depends. I had not seen um, I had not seen Leaving Las Vegas since it originally came out, mm-hmm. and then I oh, watched wow. it again. And as, and as much as I do admire that film, and I think it's one of his best performances, which of course we'll get into, I'm sure, in the podcast. It's not a film you you just kind of kick back and relax with, you know. No. <laughs> you have to you have to steal yourself to watch uh, Leaving yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was both of our first time
1: watching it for this podcast, yeah. which was about a month ago.
2: It was it was definitely the one that we had to like steal ourselves the most for, like. This is not this is not a it is a good movie, but it is not a fun movie to watch.
1: Yeah, we did the back to back with that in Bad Lieutenant, which was (sighs) a very uh, rough week. Yeah, uh, Keith, I just for our audience, could you explain what the age of Cage is and why we would want to bring you on the show uh, in regards to Nick Cage?
0: So the the subtitle it was Age of Cage. The subtitle is Four Decades of Hollywood Through One Singular Career. And basically, it is a book about Nicolas Cage movies uh, that kind of I hope doubles as as um, an interesting lens through which to to look at what, the changes in movie making over the last forty years. Uh, you know, came to real. You know, I was uh, looking at you know something to write about that would kind of like be a broad topic that people would enjoy reading, but but also something that kind of like had a different story to it beyond the story itself. So that was it, because, I, you know, he's there at different stages. Like, he captures kind of the very tail end of, you know, as as with all the difference for a couple of movies he did, you know, he gets a little bit of the 70s auteur era there all the way up through the rise of the blockbuster uh, as we know it now in the 2000s. And, you know, in the last decade, sort of this this kind of shadow Hollywood of, of independent films uh, that often end up, going direct to Redbox, but also <laughs> often have something interesting about them and sometimes are, are quite good. So, uh, you know, and I'm sure we'll be talking about that as well. Uh, plus, you know, look, if you're going to do a year-long project, it may as well be something fun like watching every Nicolas Cage movie.
2: You <laughs> yeah. know? Right, exactly. It, it's, you definitely have no shortage of material, and you, like, I think Nick Cage, as we've discovered, I think it's pretty easy to say our thesis statement is that Nick Cage is one of the most interesting actors I think to look at, because it's not just about like his performances. It's also kind of the layers behind, okay, what are his decisions in this film? What are his mm-hmm. decisions with this sort of delivery style? Um So, I mean, I, I can't imagine how interesting your journey has been. Ours was only a month and a half and it's been crazy.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you say look at that, I think that's, that's pretty accurate because I'm so much of what you know a lot of what he's done in in a lot of performances is based in in expressionistic performances from the silent era you can see that Mm -hmm. a lot you know it's like face off and certainly like vampire's kiss which i know you watch watch recently and it is um that's an early influence he was exposed to those films by his his father at a very young age uh you know he's Francis Ford for coppola's uh nephew but but his father was actually quite a quite a film enthusiast as well and And, uh, you know, he he got a steady diet of, of, of art house and classic films, uh, just from his dad.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, the, the family ties are definitely big into that. Um, so I viewers or listeners, I suppose we always do that too. This is not a video podcast (laughs) yet. Um, uh, a little bit more about Keith. He's a freelance writer. He's worked for many news outlets. Uh, he was the editor at the AV Club for quite a few years. Uh, and now he freelances for uh, places like GQ, The Ringer, TV Guide, and Vulture. Uh, and as he mentioned, he's the author of Age of Cage, Four Decades of Hollywood Through One Singular Career, and that will be coming out on March 29th, 2022 which it unfortunately got pushed back. I was mm-hmm. I really actually wanted to, like, read it or listen to an audiobook or something like that before, but then I was like,
0: ah, oh, it hasn't, <laughs> it's pushed back. <laughs> well, I mean, you, know, you might want to edit this out, but, yeah, I did get my, ask my publisher to send you galleys. They should be on their way at some point. Uh, uh, hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll turn up. I mean, um, but, um, but, yeah, the, the book was pushed back because of, of, covid production delays it was a bummer you know we were, we were ramping up but i'm actually kind of in a way i'm kind of glad because i don't think i could do any live events this fall or at least it'd be kind of iffy um yeah and and i am kind of hoping there's a long shot um best actor nomination possibility with i
1: think there's a great chance based on I, one of the movies that we were are for sure going to be talking about today yes
0: yeah so we'll see
1: yeah that'd be i mean that would be like the perfect like if you were Cap- to able to release your book right after Nicolas Cage wins the Oscar, I mean, you couldn't get any luckier than that. I mean, it would be like the woman who just wrote the book on Giannis Antetokounmpo right after he wins the NBA <sighs> finals <laughs> or championship.
2: Yeah, that's like, like stars, free publicity. Yeah, the stars align. Everyone wants to know more about this guy. <laughs> if, here, if he becomes a trending search, you become a trending search, Keith. <laughs> well, I hope so.
1: so keith before we jumped into our bracket i did just want to uh ask you one brief question before we jump in i know obviously what brings us all together is we have a love for movies and i am just curious where does your love of movies begin
0: i mean really young i mean it it was i was someone who as a kid who loved movies and some of my earliest memories are going to movies but also like you know, from a way too young age, I remember really fixating on, on ads for movies and uh, in, in the paper and on television, especially movies I was not old enough to see, like being really freaked out by ads for like like scanners and various Friday the Thirteenth films and Ooh. things like that. But I mean, um, you know, as soon as I, you know, the VCR was a real godsend. I'm dating myself here, <laughs> but, but the VCR was a real godsend because I would kind of go through um, my education mostly at that age, especially came through going through the Leonard Maltons. TV movies book I don't know if you've ever seen one of those it's uh, still a great read and like trying to watch every four three and a half star movie that came on uh, television and kind of from there and like um, you know I I I mean certainly in my years of serious film appreciation Nicolas Cage has kind of been there for most you know many steps of the way I mean Raising Arizona was certainly a film that kind of got me interested in a lot of different aspects you know pointed me in a lot of different directions including uh, keeping an eye on Nicolas Cage Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like we have pretty similar journeys
1: because I know for me, uh, Roger Ebert's show, uh, Mm -hmm. Siskel and Ebert, was just like the hugest inspiration to me growing up. The same thing where I'd read Roger Ebert's reviews growing up. I'd always circle the three-star, four-star reviews that he do and I'd uh, look through them. And then also interestingly enough, what inspired me because I became a historian when I was in college is National Treasures uh, 1 and 2. Like those movies growing up to me. Like, I'm, my name's Ben, so obviously the character of Benjamin Gates being a historian going through 19th century history, which was my prime focus. He talks
2: about National Treasure quite a bit.
1: Like, that was me, that was my growing up experience was those two movies was, like, inspired me. And it's been really cool to see him continue to release movies that, like, speak to, I think, every generation. Since the 80s to, I think, even now with his most recent release, uh, Pig.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think similarly, my first exposure to Nick Cage was the National Treasure films. But as as far as like cinema for me and like my experience with movies and stuff, it's always been I've always been a huge fan of animation and just like how how cool of an art form that is. And we got we got to see Nick Cage fairly recently in an animated like one of the greatest animated films, I think, ever, Mm. which is Into the Spider-Verse. And I will talk about his minor role in that, but it it's neat how, like, those worlds kind of blended for me. Yeah. But, yeah, cool.
1: So I know you've been waiting weeks to do it, so I'm going to let you introduce K. Joff all right so Keith you might want to lower your volume because I can just feel <laughs> the excitement oozing from Branson right now like the, the couch is shaking uncomfortably
2: I <laughs> could just be because I'm I've got like the excited cold sweats <laughs> uh but uh viewers and Keith listeners dang it there we go again uh one day we'll go video <laughs> so uh to Keith and to you listeners uh this is how Cage Off is going to work So we have created a 16 movie bracket and in each section of the bracket we have one of Nick Cage's roles. Uh, All of the movies that we watched with Nick Cage uh, are included in that as well as some uh, random seeds that we figured would be really good candidates to have. Uh, We've divided our bracket into four main quadrants which is the comic book division, the crazy and unhinged division the prestigious division, and the action hero division. Uh, we're also, on each of these roles, uh, we're judging them by a few different uh, categories, uh, a few different criteria. Yeah,
1: the factors to consider yes, that we exactly. were all thinking.
2: Yeah, the, these are the things that we use to determine... Uh, how how each cage scored
1: May I read the factors Yes please do So our factors to consider is cage magic the ability to capture the eccentricities and uniqueness of the actor power level how strong is this character character <laughs> development likability growth satisfying arcs etc rewatchability And blatant favoritism, which ultimately is probably going to be the heaviest weight in all five of the categories. Yes. But obviously, we're going to be judging it more than just that. Those are just kind of ways to frame our thoughts when we were coming up with the bracket. So it's a very much March Madness style bracket. We're going to go round by round. We'll each switch off. So somebody will go first, second, third, and then we'll rotate and rotate. And we'll go through all the rounds and we'll see which cage is left standing. That's why it's called Cage Off because... They are in the cage fighting for number one of this is the cage match. Yes. Of mm. who is the best Nicolas Cage character. So Keith, with all that stated, are you ready for cage off?
0: I think so. I think all so. Right.
1: <laughs> then ladies and gentlemen, welcome to cage off. I am your host, Ben Friedman, and we are kicking it off with the first division, which is the comic book division. And I just want to make sure Keith that you got the seating so for our number one seating we have Ghost Rider and I want to make sure so I'm gonna ask you could you reveal our number four seating for this round uh this this is Superman
0: <laughs> from <laughs> Superman lives the film that did not happen
1: yes so <laughs> why does Superman a film that never happened make it onto this list one we were trying to add some variety to this list uh, two. I haven't seen the Teen Titans animated movie where he plays the voice of Superman. I have not seen that one yet, so I could not. Wait, up. what? Yeah, he's in Teen Titans Oh Go my goodness, I didn't Superman. read
2: it. Oh, that's awesome. And
1: three, it's because I love Kevin Smith and hearing the story about him talking about Superman sounds like the most fun thing in the world. And I just had to talk about it because this mo- this does not get enough attention. Neither does the documentary, The Death of Superman Lives, What Happens, by the late, great John Schnepp. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And so, Keith, I'll let you start. First, just on your thoughts on Superman uh, Lives, just because I don't know if you talk about it much in the book, but I am just curious to hear about it, because anything that revolves around Superman and Nick Cage, I'm totally in for
0: <laughs> Well, you should definitely see Teen Titans go to the movies. It, it, is, it is delightful. I, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of that show as well, although his his presence as Superman is pretty minimal. It's more like, you know, here's Super, here's Nicholas Cage finally playing superman i don't know that i necessarily have a lot of new light to shed on superman lives and and what happened with it uh that is a very good documentary uh you're correct and i I drew on it quite a bit for 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 that chapter of the book but my thoughts are there's a couple of interesting things that kind of came from 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 delving into it one is like I, i looked at a lot of old newspapers for this and it really was one of the first instances of internet backlash because there were sites, at least one site set up to object purely to object Nicholas Cage playing Superman uh, in Superman Lives, and, uh, and it
2: was specifically because it was Nick Cage playing Superman, or was it the fact that another Superman movie was being made?
0: Uh, it was the Nicholas Cage. It was objecting to Nicholas Cage it was after he was he was cast, and um, yeah, it, it's. And, uh, I don't have it written down. There's some sort of horrible limerick based around his hair receding. But anyway, I mean I, I did, you know, he would talk about it quite a bit. I, I didn't realize before doing this book, I mean, how long he was going to be Superman and how early that casting came about and how often he was asked about it. And he I mean his take on it is, as Superman, I think it gets into it into the documentary as well, his take on it as Superman is like the ultimate outsider. Uh, Superman as as someone who sticks up for the bullied because he you know Cage would often talk about himself as as a bullied kid a misfit an outcast uh, I mean I I you know it was I, I think that f- film and subsequent articles about it have done a lot to rescuing you know rescuing the reputation as as you know for a while was considered this potentially great folly I mean Brian Singer when he was making Superman Returns uh apparently kept a photo this is the movie i can't remember K- kept a photo of of uh of cajun costume to say this this is what would have happened we're not doing that and i don't know <laughs> i i would rather see we see the tim burton one i do think a lot about how the course of superhero movies might have been taken a different direction you know gone a different direction if it had been made
2: yeah yeah I, that's a very that's a good point that's such a pivotal i mean like since he's such a Polarizing that's another thesis statement that I think that we've found <laughs> in our journey that he's very polarizing it, it is interesting to think about like how how would that have changed superhero movies, especially now with like the the range and like revenue that those generate Well
1: and you've heard that th- supposedly what Tim Burton wanted to do was introduce Michael Keaton at the end of that film as Batman.
2: Mm. oh
1: so like that's like batman versus superman
2: yeah 20 years
1: before it happens wow so it is really an inventive film and tim burton very much has the pulse on the comic book films because of course he does batman in 89 Mm -hmm. so just to see him kind of just like really set precedence uh and with obviously superman lives never happening but he does kind of hit what will be the craze in 20 years where the idea of batman versus superman right. to fruition is crazy but with that keith i'm just going to ask you between the number one and the number four does the number four superman make the upset in your round
0: you know this is tough because because it is just it's basically defined by being unknown it could have been a, a, a disaster you know who knows yeah. i mean um tim burton to me basically could could do no wrong for a while there. I remember thinking in two thousand and one, it was kind of a lousy summer, but at least *Planet of the Apes* was going to be this great film at the end of it. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work out that, that well. Sometimes, uh, yeah. but I mean, i just I'm I'm not I'm gonna actually I think I might have to go over the upset here because I'm not the biggest fan of Ghost Rider. I think his performance is interesting in that he makes some 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 fun choices like making him kind of a kind of a a dull guy who just like wants to watch nature videos and listen to the carpenters, you know? Uh, but I think <laughs> everything around those choices is, is pretty dull to be honest yeah. and k- kind of pro forma. Uh, so I, I'm just gonna, I'm going to go with Superman for this one.
1: Okay. You're going Superman, which the number four upseat or upset right there from you, Branson. All right. Are you going to do it?
2: Yeah. I, I think, I guess I'm already going to go against the expert here and say that I think Ghost Rider edges it out not even I mean this is part of the blatant favoritism coming in um or I guess bias in the sense that Ghost Rider does exist and I would have been very interested to see Cage as Superman um but I mean I also power level (laughs) for me played really big into this because the idea of rating the power level or like the Smash Bros tier of of different Nick Cage characters is really funny wins. to me.
1: Superman wins against but Ghost
2: Rider. But Ghost Rider, you can kill Superman. I don't know if you can kill Ghost Rider. I'm sure, you
1: can. But so you're going Ghost Rider definitively.
2: Yeah, and I think Ghost Rider is more. I've always had an issue with Superman because I think, I think in the comics it's a little bit better. But as far as more wider circulated media like movies and and TV shows. They've written themselves into a corner with Superman, like the the guy can do anything. He is basically God. And I mean, we see we see him being God in movies like mm. Batman v Superman, um, like the Christ imagery is so strong in it. But Ghost Rider is more interesting of a concept to me. So you're going Ghost Rider. I th- yeah, I think so. And this is,
1: Keith, this is where the challenge comes yeah, in. Yeah, you're the tiebreaker.
2: Because Ghost Rider
1: mm. to me was one of my dad and my favorite movies growing up. It was just one of those movies we connected with. We just, I love the scene where Nicolas Cage does the transformation into the Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. I just think it's the perfect level of cheesiness, but full commitment to a character that I think Cage can deliver.
2: Yeah, you no, had some serious Cage magic.
1: However, Superman lives... Is such an insane project, and listening to Kevin Smith talk about it, listening to all the behind the scenes, the crazy storyboards that were going on, just everything insane with it, I think is more entertaining than the actual film of Ghost Rider. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but the number four seed just upset, and Ooh, Superman wow. Lives is going on to the uh, next eight. Kind I'm of, already, s- here. Yeah, I know, wow, already
2: sick of this idea. We're done with Cage Off. <laughs> but, oh, so, my goodness. But, so, Branson,
1: so you now get to go first with our next round. All right. Which is the comic book division, the number two versus the number three seed. So we have Big Daddy from Kickass versus Spider-Man Noir from the Spider-Verse. All right. So And remember, we have uh, not saying that uh, we
2: can go in depth on everyone. Yes, but, but if these we do, we'll be films. here for four yeah. hours. These are two films. I I know for a fact that that Ben, you and I want to talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse so bad. Yeah, and I think we also want to talk about Kick-Ass.
1: Yeah, I'm not as big of a fan of Kick-Ass as I am Spider-Verse,
2: obviously. But yes. like, we will yeah, talk naturally. about Kick-Ass at some point. Um, I think both Big Daddy and Spider-Man Noir open themselves up to, um or I guess cage is able to give like these interesting angles on both ones. Like big daddy has to juggle this idea of being a caring father, but he's also like this weapons expert, basically who's like a vigilante hero. Um, who's like kind of an anti-hero almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a bit since I've seen Kickass, So take that with a grain of salt. And then uh Spider-Man war in into the spider verse is so funny i it's i think for the amount of time that nick cage is in spider-verse it's so comedically dense everything he says in that movie is comedy gold yes it's so funny Uh, just like him playing this animated noir film 1930s spider-man nazi
1: punching yeah
2: nazi (laughs) punching spider-man is just like so beautiful and it's like This reserve performance, obviously, Spider-Man is pretty powerful. He's an actual hero as opposed to Big Daddy, who is a vigilante hero, but he just Mm. has guns. We've seen Spider-Man beat up guys with guns so many times. So you're going Spider-Verse? Yes, and and also with rewatchability, he doesn't have much of a character arc because he's not the main character. Miles Morales is, but I will watch Spider-Man... Uh, or i will watch spider-verse over kick-ass any day okay so you're going spider-verse spider-verse and uh it'd be
1: great to add some drama here but i fully agree with branson spider-verse <laughs> is one of my favorite movies and i get that he has a small part in that movie with that said i absolutely adore that movie and i love everything nicholas cage does and the fact that there is Haley steinfeld john mulaney and Nicolas Cage, like recording lines together and interacting.
2: And Jake just, Johnson.
1: Yes, it's just something so special to me that I have to give it the nod here. So, Spider Man Noir moves on, but before we do that, Keith, I just want to hear your brief thoughts.
0: Yeah, I, mean, um, I was tempted to go with Big Daddy. I don't really, I don't, Kick Ass is not a, not a favorite of mine. I do really like that performance, um, but you know, I, I think it's he makes some really fun choices of that being kind of combining like a, a combination of Adam West and Batman and Fred McMurray and my three sons or something yeah, but, very uh, very
2: strong uh, Batman vibes
0: uh but you know I mean it's 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 not as big a role but Spider-Verse is is, is a terrific movie and I do I felt myself if, if I was wavering at all I felt myself being swayed by your uh, argument there so uh <laughs> let's, let's let's do let's do Spider-Man Noir Perfect, and
1: we have our full consensus here. So in the comic book division, we have Superman versus Spider-Man. So funny enough, neither of the main characters uh, (laughs) that he plays superheroes in moves on.
2: Dang, what an upset. That's a double upset. Are we going to the next bracket? Yes, the crazy and unhinged
1: unhinged division. So I will announce our number one and number four because I'm going first. So we have H.I. McDonough from Raising Arizona. Versus Terrence Mc, is it McDonough too? Terrence McDonough from Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans. Oh my
2: goodness. Yeah. I McDonough didn't realize. versus Mc – that's perfect. So there's we a, have the McDonough. There's obviously a
0: fan theory that needs to be written about what's what's going on between oh, those two Oh, Absolutely. The cage of hers. It's all connected. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: okay. Oh my god, this one's
0: it's like the Tarantino okay, versus I was gonna say this.
1: Was a hard, are connected. I was gonna say this was a hard round, but then I looked at the two choices again and one of the movies is Raising Arizona. And the other one is Bad Lieutenant, which is a movie that I respect and think his performance is great. But Raising Arizona is an all-time classic. With And I know I shouldn't really be factoring in it, but John Goodman is so funny in the movie. That whole cast, how the Coen brothers write that film. And just Nicolas Cage's eccentricity and able to bring that heart to the performance with his chemistry with Holly Hunter. I absolutely adore it. And to me, it's actually an easy choice. So Raising Arizona is my choice. Keith. Uh, do you concur, or are you disagreeing with
0: me? Uh, no, I'm gonna concur, but I, I do, I do love uh, Bad Lieutenant: Port of Call, New Orleans. I, I think that's that is a top tier Nicolas Cage performance. I, I love, I love what he does in that movie. It is, um, you know, so tortured, but also like just always dancing between comedy and tragedy, and and um, you know, it's not. You know, this is more in the writing, much in the writing as a performance. But at the end of that movie, I find really emotionally moving. So so if you haven't seen that one, I, I would recommend it. But Raising Arizona is Raising Arizona. What? Do you, what else yeah, you
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would. I mean, it's going to be unanimous with uh, Raising Arizona. Um, I mean, I bad lieutenant port of call New Orleans. You get so much insane cage energy. But ultimately, Raising Arizona is is So H.I. McDonough is so much more likable to me because he has an arc and it ends satisfyingly. And he you see that he is he does have this heart of gold and bad lieutenant. Maybe it's the point of the movie, but he never gets his comeuppance. He gets he gets commended. And that just like always annoyed me. And I know it's probably the point. Yeah, it's we talked about that in the episode. Go go listen to that if you want to, guys.
1: So, yes. So H.I. McDonough wins it. In this round, so Raising Arizona is moving on. And then our next category, uh, Keith, you're going next. So do you want to introduce introduce our two and three seats?
0: Uh, yes, we do get two of the biggest performance. Well, you know, that's not even uh, – the second one has some of the biggest moments. So one is just all big moments, which, <laughs> which is uh, uh, Peter Lowe and, and Vampire's Kiss uh, uh, versus – I can't – oh, sorry. I, I can't –
1: Sorry, yeah. I, I had to sque- squeeze it in. To get the Wicker Man in there.
0: Edward Malice. Oh, yes. Malice. Malice, Malice. Malice. yeah. Uh, I got it now. Uh, You're going to edit this. I'll do it. It's it's Peter Lowe (laughs) in Vampire's Kiss uh, versus Edward Malice in The Wicker Man, the the remake of the British cult classic.
1: Can I tell you Malice is so much better of a last name than Malus was as I said it?
0: Just it yeah. has a much better ring,
2: right? In in
0: in in you know, in example of that film subtlety. It is a play on male us, uh, so <laughs> you know, and also um,
2: the word malice.
0: Yes, very well, hand handed. Ma- many layers, many layers to the film. Yeah, it's films rem- deep. Remake. It's a very uh, deep film. But Keith,
1: you get to get the first vote. So are you going Vampire's Kiss or The Wicker Man? absolutely beloved.
0: Ah. <laughs> uh, memorable yeah, uh, memorable probably. no i i do i think vampire's kiss is is terrific i mean it's all over the place but i mean it, it is just you know that you know acting on, on 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 the edge there um he's he's referred to it as his 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 lab where he you know experimented with all different acting techniques he'd he'd draw on uh later and, and i think it is um the it's you know the movie is in some ways kind of shambling but i think it is at the heart of it, it it's a pretty stark endorsement of what we it's mean, not endorsement indictment of what we now call a toxic masculinity i mean it if yeah there's so, so the oh. the nasty edge to that film um is quite uh you know quite, quite no pun intended quite biting i mean it is uh it is not a not a pretty picture of, of a certain type of, of man uh whether he's a vampire or not um and and wicker man is is a film that i i recognize it it's it's fun um and certainly both Lebute and Cage have have kind of had given interviews like it it was it was supposed to be funny. I mean it's a satire. D- don't you get it? I truly believe them. They're supposed to be. I just think it's you know kind of a failed satire.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean doesn't Tommy Wiseau use the same defense for the room?
1: So yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's at least what I I don't know. I I I could feel more inclined to believe Wicker man. If
1: Nicholas Cage tells me anything was actually a deliberate choice, I will 1000% believe it. i believe it. Cuz I've never seen anybody so sincere in yeah. just the craziness, <laughs> which is what I love about
2: Nicholas Cage. That's an easy deception but check.
1: So, you I just want to make sure I am correct. You are going Vampire's Kiss, correct? Vampire's Kiss, yes. Perfect.
2: Okay. Um
1: You get to decide it or right. are we going to me?
2: All right. In a in a twist, I think I'm going to have to go I think I'm gonna have to go with Vampire's Kiss. You're going Vampire's mm. Kiss. I think so. I for no other reason. I the movie, as structurally speaking, is god awful. It is it is a train wreck. But it's a beautiful train wreck. I mean, like you can't you can't help but watch it. It's like a supernova. It's just just this destructive mess. But it's just such a beauty to watch. And Cage is like the pinnacle of that in this movie he is insane in different modicums throughout this entire movie and i think the wicker man really what it has is the fact that it it is like that semi-satire and then the scene where he's yelling about not the bees vampires kiss you've got the entire thing i that's a that's like a meme factory
1: yeah, I think. So are you ready for this, uh, Branson? We talked about vampires kiss about a month ago. Yes, and I know we both came out with negative reviews. Out of all the films that we've seen, minus one of them, this was the one that's been on my mind the whole time. Where I'm like, <laughs> I kind of want to re see that or like revisit <laughs> this scene because you're right, Keith. It's so beautifully weird. Like it is his. I know he always refers to his performance as Nosferatu, but in many ways it kind of feels like a Frankenstein of just different acting styles mm-hmm. he's going for. He's mushing them all together, and I think just the insanity of it, I just have to go with it because it's so unique.
2: Yeah, and like, also said in the GQ interview that we were, I'm sure that you've seen that, Keith, where he breaks mm-hmm. down his roles. He says that that's like one of his favorite performances.
1: Yeah, so... I think we're all in agreement Vampire's Kiss is the answer. And I mean if you're yeah. going I with can't. crazy and unhinged, there's nothing more crazy and unhinged than his performance in Vampire's yeah. Kiss.
2: I I can't say I'm surprised. I'm su- okay, I'm surprised that I'm surprised that it made it to second round.
1: So we now move on to the pretentious division.
2: This is
1: <laughs> I didn't just want to call it the Oscars division. No, this is the prestigious division. Oh. <laughs> I knew so, I would I knew I wouldn't just say pretentious because I don't like slip. that use of the word when referring to Oscar film. Prestigious. That makes 1000% more sense. But so we are talking <laughs> mainly the films that we feel like are probably some of his more You would consider, I guess, the more Oscar-caliber Academy Award type of performances that would garner this type of acclaim. So, Branson, I'm going to let you go off with
2: our first round. All right. So, in this uh, quadrant, our first matchup is uh, Ben Sanderson in Leaving Las Vegas versus Donald Kaufman in Adaptation. Um, man... (sighs) This that is a really tough one. I went back and forth on this for a while. Um, I and I think rewatchability is a big thing on this. I would watch adaptation again. In fact, I would say that it's probably one in my top three favorite cage movies that we watched. Leaving Las Vegas is so difficult to watch, and it's even harder to rewatch. Um, and it's because he gives such a good performance. He gives such a A convincing uh display of this drunk who is desperate to just kill himself by drinking Mm. to drink himself to death it's just like it's too brutal um but Donald Kaufman like you see you see the growth and it's interesting that it's sort of Charlie Kaufman's um you know externalization of this side of himself and Mm. I love the the sort of semi uh, I guess the semi documentary sort of um, foundation around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to have to give it to Donald Kaufman. Okay.
1: You were correct on all those reasons. And I agree with you. And that's why I have to go Ben Sanderson for leaving <laughs> Las Vegas, because that performance as brutal and devastating as it is to watch that, just that final scene with him. Uh, in bed with I'm blinking on the actress's name uh, Elizabeth Shue Elizabeth Shue thank you Keith I was going to
2: say Francis McDormand but yeah, I yeah, knew like, it was I'm, wrong
1: yeah you've just been seeing too many <laughs> Coen brother films yeah. just that final scene with them to in bed and just as he passes is one of the most brutal scenes I've ever seen on yeah, film it's and rough. it's so heartbreaking but also so beautiful in this perfect culmination in their love story that I just have to go with it. I just think it's a beautiful film, mm-hmm. even if I never am inclined to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah, it's,
2: totally defensible.
0: I, I'm going that way too because it is just such a monumental performance, and Donald Kaufman is a supporting role, in it, uh, uh, and it's ultimately, and not, not that it disqualifies it, but, but I just, you know, it, it is, it's an achievement. I think that film, without Cage and Shu, who's also very good in it, uh, it it's really. Um, doesn't work, I, or, or I mean, I can see other actors possibly pulling that off. Unlike some other Cage performances, where I can only imagine Cage playing it, but but um, it's remarkable what he does. There's you could romanticize that in a way that could make it a really ugly movie in some ways, you know, uh, of, a, of a man drinking him to death, drinking himself to death, and kind of make that look beautiful, and they turn it into this kind of operatic story. But they pull back from making it look desirable in any way, and mm-hmm. I think I think that is uh, um, that, that's, that's an interesting needle to thread. I think I think they do a good job of that. Yeah,
2: that's such a that's a good point. It really does like, toe the line. It's very delicate mm. with with that. Right. I may, uh, man, either one. I I will stick to to what I say with Donald Kaufman, but I'm totally fine with conceding to so, leaving Las Vegas. So that
1: means Ben Sanderson makes it in. And our last round for the prestigious, sorry, our last round of the prestigious division until we get to our final bracket is Charlie Kaufman from Adaptation versus Rob Feld from the most recently released film, Pig. And just a spoiler warning, again, I don't know if we're going to get into spoilers, but Pig just came out like less than two months ago. So if you want to skip forward for a few minutes, we are going to be talking about Pig. And uh, we'll just say it right now, there might be spoilers. So this is me getting to go first. And gosh, I was really shocked because Charlie Kaufman, that performance in Adaptation, I just thought was so special and unique. And what you were just talking about, Keith, where you're like, it's hard to imagine Cage playing any other role or just any actor coming close to matching Cage. For me, this is kind of that just, that's that times a hundred. I think Adaptation works amazingly because of how Nicolas Cage balances so well. With that said... We just saw Pig two weeks ago, and it's already climbed up to one of my favorite films of 2021. I think it's a beautiful story that just hit me at the right time that just talks about loss and moving forward. And I think with kind of the last year and a half we've had, I think it's a story that really resonates with a lot of people and Mm. just came out at a great time. And I just think it just reminds people like how special Cage is. And he he's a very different performance in it. It's not a typical Nick Cage. He's not loud. He's not over the top. It's a very subtle performance, but it's so beautiful in its like silent moments that I just, I adore what he does in this movie. So I'm going Rob Feld from Pig. Keith. One for Rob. What are
0: you thinking? I think this is the toughest bracket on the whole thing here. Yeah. I mean, Pig is, Pig is <laughs> I so agree. new, um, and I love it. I, 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 you know, it is. I think it is my favorite film of the year so, so far, at least. And and uh, uh, it is a reminder of of what a powerful performer he can be, and what a subtle performer he can be. And, and how sometimes even in the big performances, there's 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 subtle notes that you might be missing. Um, you know, I, I I'm just I'm just thinking out loud here <laughs> because I can't. I have a hard time choosing between these because I, I do think. Charlie Kaufman is one of his best performances as well. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know. I think you know. I think just living with adaptation for a long time, and when you go to rewatch, they're both rewatchable though. I don't know, man. I'm gonna go Charlie Kaufman but, but it's it's tough. Uh, I, I feel like this is. You're yeah. yeah, I feel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In a, in a sixty-four, you know, bracket, you know, I don't think these films will meet each other in, in a bigger bracket quite so soon. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know that was the hard yeah. part. we did it randomized, and when I saw it was adaptation versus Pig, I agree with you. It was the hardest bracket if for it, me. Where if, I was, just I think like, if it were oh, Donald Kaufman versus Rob Feld, and I think yeah. it's an easier one, and then the debate yeah. becomes Charlie versus Ben. For but sure. that's how
0: the that's how it happens. So. And You're you taught me in five years, I may I may just I'm pig I am I may I may just not even think about it and just go straight with pig. It's just you know I, I worry there's I I mean fighting recency bias. I, I think that's a that's a great film and a great performance. So uh.
2: all right. So we have one tentative for Charlie then and one for Rob, yes?
0: Makes sense. All right, all right Branson, man. What so you I am
2: the tiebreaker. Okay, this is definitely the hardest bracket. Um I mean, I I can't say anymore. Both roles are so good. I it really comes down to which one I preferred more or which one I liked more, and I I I, I gotta go with Pig. Whoa. I know it, I know it's I know it's recent, but just the. I think I'm also thinking about just the cinematography key. I was a media arts major, so Mm -hmm. I, I really love like the cinematography and the lighting. In fact, I I talked a lot about it on the podcast, maybe a little too much where we talked about this movie. Um, But just the environment and how, uh, how lonesome it is, but also how beautiful it is. And like, we're, even when we go into the city of port of portland correct yeah i believe it's portland Mm -hmm. um even as we go into the city there's still like this loneliness that's so strong and i think nick cage as rob feld carries that loneliness so well and it permeates into like what he's around and um it's and then just the ending of that film uh, is so cathartic actually both both the endings of adaptation and pig end so, with loss but i and both of them are so profound but i just love how how nuanced it is in pig yeah i it's think ju- that it's so slight it's like a hair's width and in it front leaves of you like Charlie that
1: moment me. where he's listening to that bruce sing sing song it just mm. leaves you and it's such a devastated place But such again, this like beautiful place where you're just like, it feels like such a natural conclusion. But also one that is inspirational, despite its sadness.
2: Yeah.
0: So it's it's there's honesty to it, and and yeah, and that completely disarmed me when I saw it. Uh, I, in the movie, every step of the way was refusing to be the movie that was advertised as in, in, yeah. in a way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like at the moment, like when you know when they visit the meth heads that stole his pig, and you know you expect some sort of violent outburst, and you don't get it. I thought, like exactly, Yeah, I don't yeah. know what kind of movie I'm watching, and that's exciting to me.
1: That's what we thought because yeah.
0: we both
2: thought it was kind of going to go that
1: John Wick nobody.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I, the drug, I the biggest thing for me was the reveal that it the mushroom hunting and the truffle hunting wasn't for some illicit drug operation. It was literally just for like food. an ingredient for fine food.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it was like, like the Chinese black truffle.
0: It's the first film from Michael Cernoski. He did the story with Vanessa Block, who also produced. i do not sure what – they seem to have like a collaboration going on. It's just – I'm excited to see what they do next. I know. Yeah.
2: I, that, was, that was such a strong start. They've grown – I mean if you're going to
1: watch – anyone who's listening to this and they watch Pig, look out for these two because they're going to be talents in Hollywood for years. Mm-hmm. You what, can just tell.
2: Yeah. What were their names again, Keith?
0: Michael Cernoski and, and Vanessa Block.
1: Yeah, so yes. look out for them. And then our last division, the Action Hero Division. And Keith, I apologize. I know we're at an hour, so we're going to, if you don't mind, we're going to keep going. Oh,
0: I'm fine. I'm a, oh. I'm, I've, I'm my evening's open, so whatever oh, you want to okay. do. Okay, perfect. Just <laughs> want to make
1: sure, because I know we're going a little long, but this has been great. So the Action Hero Division, uh, I went first. Who went he, first? I went I first. I think you went first. So Keith, you get to announce the first. Uh, the number one and the number four seed.
0: You get, uh, so for the action hero division, you get uh, Benjamin Franklin Gates, I believe is the full name of the yes. character. Yes. Is that correct? Uh, yes. And, and uh, from National Treasure. Uh, we're counting him in both films here, I'm guessing. Yes. Uh, and Cameron Poe from, from Con Air. Uh, this one's actually a pretty easy one for me. Uh, Con Air rewatching it, is my least favorite of the big uh, Nicolas Cage action films. Uh, the '90s. I think he's a lot of fun in it, but I think it's it is it is one of those all frosting. I think it was. I may be actually plagiarizing someone's review. It. I, I believe so. Uh, <laughs> that it, that it was all frosting uh, film. You know, uh, and we sh-
2: we run this through like uh, the spell check, char- whatever the. Teacher software is so sure. We'll, we'll just bleep out that whole part if you
0: plagiarized. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm admitting to it, so it only counts. We'll um, And then, You know, the National Treasure films are both uh, delights, and and you know, I, I watch them with my kid, and it can be her it's her first Nicolas Cage movie. So it's and those movies are you know well made, and and uh, he's super fun in them, uh, and you learned a couple of things at least uh, before before the film's over. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm pro National Treasure and pro Ben Gates. On this okay
1: one. all right so perfect we got one vote for ben gates and before i officially vote ben gates in Branson, do you <laughs> want to uh diverge I, or- yeah
2: i i guess i'm the uh again this is this is one of those ones where i love both of these movies i need a new co-host and and <laughs> i i strictly went on power level for this one because i was like there's no other way because i love both of these roles con air was one of my favorites that we watched um, in the whole cage off um, the character development for both Ben Gates and Cameron Poe is excellent uh, they both have just the right amount of cage magic where you get these moments of craziness uh, but it's never too overbearing um, they're both super rewatchable films for me they're both so fun Our Natural Treasure 1, 2 and Con Air are all super rewatchable in fact I really want to see National Treasure again um, I, I love both these movies but I Cameron Poe I think he's just stronger I think he's more able to, to do what has to be done in the film I know I'm sorry Ben okay. I'm sorry Keith I'm sorry to you Keith <laughs> but I'm extra sorry to Ben because I knew how I knew it, I knew that this right was right going now. to I know. So I know. So we'll and I had his, to be the contrary. We'll I'm, uh, I'm, ar- <laughs> I'm the I'm the I'm the Armand White. I will just there.
1: say there are two tattoos currently on my body. One of them is a quote from JoJo Rabbit. The other one is a Harry Potter symbol, the Deathly Hallows. I am thinking about getting a third tattoo and that <laughs> third tattoo would probably be something from National Treasure, to book of secrets map
2: on the on probably the declaration
1: something like that. on I, your back. I Love this movie. I loved everything (laughs) to do with Nicolas Cage in this film. I am such a history buff. I think the idea of the Book of Secrets and combining the conspiracy theories with the history, with the Nicolas Cage, with the great comedic sidekick in Riley, uh,
0: uh, Justin Barth,
1: I believe is his name. Uh, It's just so good in every way, and it's an amazing film, and maybe if we were going just National Treasure 1 versus Con Air, maybe – the con air stands more of a chance but the fact that we're adding national treasures two into this it's so easy and it's Ben gates for me all the way
2: oh man i i almost want to switch my vote no you already cursed yourself yeah. out
0: it kind it of doesn't matter you lost anyway right yeah uh, yeah I that's guess so. that's the only
2: satisfaction I if have you can't right beat here. them join them but they already they already won so what's the point all
1: right uh former co-hosts you may
2: introduce the
1: last round in our 16 before Uh, we go lightning round for the last few rounds
2: okay uh so our last uh bracket in the action hero division is dr stanley goodspeed from the rock and caster troy in face off um okay so i love both of these roles uh stanley goodspeed has great chemistry with um Sean With Sean Connery's character, what is his name? Uh, no um, clue. I can't remember it I off the top remember. of my head. He's basically it's Sean Connery playing himself, basically. Yeah. Um, but their chemistry is so great. They they play off of each other so effortlessly. One of the funniest jokes I think that we witnessed throughout the entire movie chronology that we watched was uh, the one about the prom queen. <laughs>
1: I, we, I, film I
2: rewatched it a few times just because it was so funny. Um and then Caster Troy in Face Off. Uh wow. This has this has two levels of Cage magic for me. One, uh the fact that it's just Cage being crazy as Caster Troy, and then later on as he's kind of being uh um as he's playing John Travolta's character, playing his character, uh, there's, you get to see like him trying to be this crazy caster Troy. And it re- I think this really shows off the acting chops of Nick Cage. So I've got to go with uh caster Troy from face off as my vote.
1: So face off gets one vote and I, I uh, could either agree with Branson or disagree. And I know just Naturally. because of the Ben Gates one, I should just disagree just to do it. Uh, which actually I guess I am because I actually am going Dr. Stanley Goodspeed, but that has nothing to do with your Ben Gates thing. <laughs> it's, I love The Rock. It was one of my first R-rated films that I ever got to see.
2: It was so one of your has, favorites re-watching.
1: It was one of my favorite re-watching. I think everything about that movie is so fun, and while I think the character of Caster Troy in Face Off is very fun for those first opening scenes, the time where he becomes Travolta's more grounded character, I think Travolta gets to have more fun In some of those scenes where uh, Castor Troy gets scenes throughout – Nicolas Cage, I should say, gets scenes throughout the film where he gets to do it. And like I said, that opening act, that first 15, 20 minutes is is peak Nicolas Cage. The thing is there's so much fun to be had in The Rock. I think the movie's so entertaining. I think it's so over the top. And I think it's this just perfect uh, combination of Michael Bay's best – with Nicolas Cage's best action, so I think it just makes for a perfect combo. So I am going Doctor Stanley Goodspeed from The Rock.
2: Keith, <laughs> our resident expert.
0: So this is tough because I, I I had not seen The Rock again since it came out when I when I really did not like it. Um, oh, no. And it's well, it was it was so to me it was like so frenetically edited. I I just you know I, I was like, is is, is, is this what movies are going to be from now on? And if you look at it now, I mean it is a Class, piece of classical filmmaking by comparison to to like how blockbusters are made today. So I actually came it's around It's such it.
2: a time I, capsule, yeah.
0: Yeah, I end up liking The Rock uh, uh, considerably more now um, I just gotta go cast Troy, though. I, I guess there's a little bit of vagary here because are we talking about the whole performance or, because in which case you would have to kind of, you know is it, or he's counting, we're counting him as also John Travolta's character as well, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I love what he does, and I think John Wu is, is, um, you know, uh, this is the most, this is the best Hollywood film, and he's he's a great director, and, and I think um, Cage is kind of locked into the sort of like um battle between good and evil he's doing it's interesting to compare those two performances though because i think john travolta is doing a brilliant nicholas cage impression and nicholas cage <laughs> <laughs> isn't really doing a john travolta care that's c- what impression. i it. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, so it's, it's a, it's a neat me. contrast but uh yeah so i i, I if i'm the tiebreaker it's going to be caster troy
1: caster troy yeah. moves on then and i just want to get uh your thoughts real quick Keith. i'm curious if you've ever ever heard the theory about dr stanley goodspeed sorry about Sean Connery's character <laughs> in the rock. This again. Being that he
0: was that it was James Bond. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. you, was there any that.
1: research? That you came um,
0: across the baby, supported. I don't. I think that's more of a fan theory thing. Although I think they definitely play up the the Bond persona <laughs> okay. in Connery, but Absolutely. but they don't really. You know, there aren't a ton of, of hints beyond it being Sean Connery and him being a former British secret uh, secret agent of some kind.
2: We've we've both proclaimed it as our head canon that that is what happened.
1: I just have to believe that is what it happened.
2: It's so funny. That's such a funny idea.
1: So we are in the second round, which is our eighth. The so these are going to go. Yes, the quarterfinals. I was trying to remember what they call it in March Madness. <laughs> uh, it's not the Sweet Sixteen, but okay, whatever. Maybe it is the Final Eight. Now that you say it like that. So we are in the comic book division, and these are going to go lightning fast because I know we've yeah. already talked about these films uh, pretty in depth. So it's going to be just a lot more quick, I guess, because we don't have to go in depth for each one. We have uh superman from
2: superman lives a movie that does not exist (laughs) the (laughs) fact that i made it to the second round is insane
1: does it make the cinderella story and make it to our final four or does spider-man noir beat it so branson you get to decide first does the cinderella story happen on ben and branson absolutely
2: freaking not it's spider-man it's spider-man noir (laughs) for me it's got to be yeah for me
1: I was talking about tattoos that I want, and National Treasures is right there. I already have a design for Spider-Man uh, into the Spider-Verse, where it's Spider-Man jumping off the cliff in the Leap of Faith scene. I, it's you, literally my yeah, listeners. You it.
2: can't see a poster behind us, but Ben has a Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse poster behind him. I am so much bias. On I am our obsessed
1: end, with this movie, and I think does Nicolas Cage have a very small role in this film? Yes. yes, but is that role so memorable that it makes that movie so much better? Yes. yes. So I'm going Spider-Man Noir 2. Keith, out of just curiosity, were you going to vote Superman?
0: Yeah, I know. I think after a certain point, you have to exist to move on, so let's let's, <laughs> let's, let's give this one to, to, to Spider-Man Noir. Spider-Man
1: Noir moves into our final four and wins... Does that? Yeah, it means it won the comic book division. So good job, Spider Man
2: Noir. Spider Noir won the pennant.
1: Yes, so good job for him. Nice. So now we go into our crazy and unhinged division where we have H.I. McDonough versus Peter Lowe.
2: You have to say it like him, though. My name's Peter Lowe.
1: Oh, yeah. That accent that i could never quite understand what it was
2: yeah i really quickly keith i we we were trying to figure out what accent he was going for was he going for like a nosferatu sort of transylvania accent in vampire's kiss
0: i I didn't have this confirmed enough to put it in the book but it's apparently it's his father kind of chose this like a semi-affected mid-atlantic accent to -hmm. be his accent and he's kind of doing his dad, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, um, interesting. So wow. yeah, uh, uh, there's yeah. So the, wow. there's a bit of that in that. there's that well. so
1: much layered to that
0: film now. <laughs> like that's a little fact. unconfirmed, so I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, you know, didn't go on the record there, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but but it, it is. But I, um, the, it is just sort of like East Coast pretension. I think is 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 sort of the the accent he's going for
2: that's super good
0: god that's so interesting i know you said that's unconfirmed so we won't run with that
2: also <laughs> no. east coast pretension is a great band name that is <laughs> anyway
1: so, uh, was that you just went so i get to pick between h.i mcdonough and peter Lowe. yes oh my god this is actually way harder than i thought it was because is it more of the film that i like or is it Purely performance.
2: Yeah, that's another oh, factor in this. Wow. Are we talking... Are, is is the deciding best, factor Cage or the film around it's him? It's
1: best Nicolas Cage character. So if you're going over arc... Overall character, H.I. McDonough to me feels more fleshed out and has that arc and satisfying movie around him where Vampire's Kiss is a very fun performance but doesn't quite have that same... Uh, it's definitely not energy energy is something that film has and nick cage has so much but it doesn't quite have that just journey slash just whole rounded character by the end of the film you know who h.i mcdonough is and you know he's this guy with a heart of gold that makes all the wrong choices at all the right times until he does (laughs) not so i'm going h.i mcdonough keith what are your thoughts?
0: It's H.I. McDonough. I I I I mean, Vampire's Kiss is such a fascinating film to watch, but I I love that character. I love that performance. Uh, I love the fact that he's basically, he's, you know, it's it's cartoon character energy, and yet <laughs> you get to the end of it, that, that ending is just among the most affecting scenes. Uh, you'll see Nicholas Cage perform, I think, uh, uh, you know, among the most just blatantly emotional scenes that the, the, the the Coen brothers have ever shot. And and it gets me every time. Love it. So we're going to go, I'll go McDonough.
2: Yeah. I'm McDonough McDonough all the way. So it makes a
0: easy, easy victory,
1: crazy and unhinged, which I'm kind of glad because Peter, uh, hello, making it another round.
2: I I would not have accepted it if he had gotten (laughs) to the semifinals.
1: So on our right side of the bracket, uh, we have Ben Sanderson versus Rob Feld. So leaving Las Vegas versus pig and, you get to kick it off again, Keith, which is probably the hardest round of these. This bracket, I feel like.
0: Yeah. Uh, sort of. I'm gonna go fell just because I'm gonna. I, if if rewatchability is a thing at all, I'm gonna watch Pig again this year. Uh, and maybe another 25 years before I watch Leaving Las Vegas again as as much as I as much as I like it.
2: Yeah, I easy agree. I'd I would watch, uh, I would watch Pig over over Leaving Las Vegas for sure. Okay, they're both and- good movies. It's I, it's sort of the it sort of gave me the same vibes as Ratatouille, where it just made me feel comfortable and refined watching it. Maybe it's just because it's a cooking movie. Yeah, maybe you I just know. like food. Maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe you should see Chef by John Favreau.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: so anyway, I am in complete agree, agreeance agreement with you guys, and the reason I'm going with that instead of Ben Sanderson is kind of what you talked about with re-watch, rewatchability, and for but for me, what it is. Is Rob Feld in this movie Pig feels like this really special movie that it reminded me of like the first time recently when I saw Peanut Butter Falcon, where it was just a film that I was really the only one in my friend group to see and the only one to have heard of. And it's just one of these films where I feel like I'm going to be telling people about it for years and I'm going to hear people talking about it more. Where like Peanut Butter Falcon doesn't quite have this hit right off the gate in – when it comes out in theaters, but as those weeks go on, it just kind of gets this word of mouth. I feel like pig is going to have that huge word of mouth just because of how special it is. And I think this is one of those ones that Ben Sanderson is such a brutal performance and it's such a great performance. It wins him his Oscar, but ultimately Rob Feld is just such a more, the film is more enjoyable. And I think Nicholas cage gets to showcase what a lot of people forgot that he had. So pig yeah. is a
2: clean sweep. Return to form. Yeah, I, we've had some. We've had three clean sweeps so far in the quarters.
1: Yes, and the question is, will will uh, it happen again with Benjamin Gates versus Caster Troy? So Branson, you get to vote these again, and are you going to disappoint me
2: again? I don't think I am. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with Caster Troy. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I I think it's got to be Ben Gates for me. Uh, I enjoyed both Face Off and uh National Treasure. I think I I think Face Off had a little bit more ironic enjoyment. Um and Ben Gates I just I love a good heist. Uh and the whole film is is a great heist and then number 2 is also a great heist. Uh and there's just so much fun energy around it Um, and i'm not just saying this so you won't kill me ben i do actually believe this and i do prefer ben gates over caster troy and i do prefer national treasure over face off
1: so i'll be honest keith the exact second he said ben gates i already circled uh ben gates on our paper (laughs) because again it's ben gates to me i this next ratchet he's gonna have next round it's gonna be brutal Uh. for me but I don't have to think about that yet. So Ben Gates takes it just because of how special those films are, how much of a meaningfulness they had for my childhood. Just again, I am the person I am because of National (laughs) Treasures, Book of Secrets. As weird as it is, I'm sure I'm the only person who can say that. That like (laughs) National Treasures, Two Book of Secrets shaped who I am as a human, as a better that
2: than something like Gili, or or, I guess leaving Las Vegas. It's better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Keith, would you have gone Ben Gates? Uh, I, would, I would cast a token vote to to, to cast Troy just because I, I do feel like that's oh. a, a superior film ultimately and, and a more interesting performance as much as I do enjoy the National Treasure films. So that's uh, fair, uh, but I, I do not hate Ben Gates moving on. <laughs> okay, perfect.
2: I'm I, Keith. Thank you for for saying that because now we've both disappointed Ben. Keith uh, <laughs> so. never disappoint me. <laughs> you. You can. It's been years yeah. of friendship, Branson. That one just hurt i got i gotta write a book now.
1: so now we are in the final four, and on our left side of the division we have in comic book division we have Spider noir, Spider-Man Noir versus Crazy and Unhinged h. i. McDonough from Raising Arizona, so we have Spider-Man Noir versus h i McDonough, and you just win mm-hmm. so I will kick this one off and this is where I've been kind of saying for Spider-Man Noir that it really is movie over, I guess, his part in the film. And if you're going between which is my favorite film of the two, it is Spider-Man uh, Into the Spider-Verse. But if you're just going by best Nicolas Cage character, it's really hard to deny H.I. McDonough in that film is so special and just such a light and just, again, perfect Cohen brothers, perfect eccentricities from Nick Cage, And really just gets to be the leading character and kind of proves... I know it's not his first leading performance, but it is one of his earliest ones that really just proves this guy is charismatic to a fault. So I'm going H.I. McDonham. Keith, what are your thoughts?
0: Um it's much the same. I ultimately it's it is a you know major performance in, in, in a in a in a great movie versus a, a minor performance in a, in a great movie, but also um it's a more fully shaped character and, and I have a longer history with it. I mean maybe maybe it's by Spider-Man Noir. I mean that but that's a film I've 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 seen since I was uh, I think I saw it when I was thirteen or something like that. And mm. um and uh, um it's a film I, I can rewatch anytime um and i i think it's 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 there's a certain kind of a well you, you're talking about the cage magic it's a very early example of the cage magic
2: yeah this is this is the hard bracket for me uh well luckily as, your vote doesn't Yes, matter. <laughs> at, it doesn't but you know um i so i'm I'm actually glad that i didn't have the deciding vote here uh as the animation guy uh i i it's would be so easy for me to pick uh, Spider-Man, but yeah, H.I. McDonough is a more uh, fleshed out character. He's the main character, and while I prefer Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, I don't even want to say that one is one movie is better than the other.
1: One is more of my taste, yeah, I guess, is, Yeah,
2: exactly. But, I mean, we get more Cage in H.I. McDonough, and we get a satisfying arc for Nick Cage's character in H.I. McDonough yeah so spider spider noir is pretty much fully fleshed out yes he he is the way he is throughout the film it's amazing yeah all right so
1: h.i mcdonough makes the finals on the left side of the bracket which leaves us to our prestigious versus our action film so we have rob feld from pig versus Mm. ben gates from national treasures uh one and two and uh, Keith, Keith, you get to go
0: this is where it gets heated right because uh, yeah, <laughs> I want money on this, uh, I gotta go. I gotta go, Rob Feld. I mean, and and I, I, I uh, you know, a little bit of cautious because it is so new. But it does feel like it's one we're going to be talking about for a long time. And um, ultimately, I just feel like there's there's going to be there's more. Um, oh, sorry, a pun, but but uh, more to chew on <laughs> with pig. Than there is, uh, You've been uh, with on fire Treasure. with those, man. I, I'm, You've I'm had so- quite a few of those. I don't mean to. I just can't think of an alternate metaphor. <laughs> You're uh, dead. So, uh, so yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Rob Feld here with pig. Rob Feld gets one vote. Branson, you get to uh, either
1: break my heart or actually, I'll be honest. Before we even say it, I'm contemplating in my head right now. So I do actually want to hear branson's argument
2: i think i think to spare you the deciding vote and also because i truly believe this uh, rob feld i gotta go with rob feld um it is the most recent but it was such a good return to form um i also i'm also thinking about the the rating of these films i pig got got such good ratings i haven't seen a bad review of it that can be taken seriously um i'm sure it's out there but you're right the, yeah the, the yeah it's gotta surrounded be surrounded that versus surrounding
1: national treasures right is me and the fan club of the yeah. twenty of us, yeah, exactly. the diehard like National Treasures. Cheer. Right, exactly. Like, we have, the, our,
2: we'll have our AA meeting. Yeah, after you're the your, you're the forty two percent audience score, or whatever it yeah. is, which is which is too low. Yes, it's for for National Treasure. So you went, Rob Feld, and yeah. I'll just reveal
1: where I went. Of course, it was Ben Gates. You guys are crazy. <laughs> I don't understand how this happened. Ben Gates should have been the final. If you're looking at success of these films, they're making a third one. I don't hear anybody clamoring for Pig Two. Oh, it's, it's, it's Benjamin Gates. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love, I love Pig. I absolutely love it. But it's whatever. Rob Feld is in it, and it is a very deserving pick, Even if I am bitter to the very you, end, I, the,
2: are you are you willing to accept it?
1: I am willing to accept it just because of how great Pig is and how special it is. And it is a film that I feel like we are going to be talking about for a while. And as I already said earlier in the podcast, I really do think there is a great chance he gets nominated for this film. And it is just so special. I could just never vote against Ben Gates. So <laughs> I'll be honest. When that My side principle. of the bracket happened, I exited everything and just circled Ben Gates and scrolled <laughs> to the end of the bracket. That was it for me. But <laughs> it, it is what it is. And if he had to lose to anybody in the prestigious, I am actually very glad it was Rob Feld. Because watch Pig, people. That is that is the one thing. If Benjamin Gate is going to lose, make sure Pig yeah, gets Yeah, you better viewers. watch Pig. Watch Pig. Rent it right now. It's on iTunes. It's on all the streamings. It's not on all the streaming service. I think it will be on HBO semi-soon, actually. But just go and watch Pig. You will not regret it. Rent it. Do whatever you got to do. Buy it on DVD, Blu-ray. Just see it. It is so special. Yes. So
0: make That's that. That's it. Yeah. The final so it, round. It's interesting because I, I may have some problems with you know some of the choices along the way. But I do love the way this has ended up where it's, it's – opposite ends of his career uh which kind of speaks to some to yeah. his longevity and, and versatility and and uh um i actually don't even know which way to go here so i, I i'm not first for this one am i
2: uh, uh technic- no you, it's you oh it is first for ben yes you yeah you did all right all right you you actually lucky. possibly de-
0: could be the deciding you vote. may be the deciding hey. vote all right Okay. H.I.
1: McDonald from Raising Arizona versus Rob Feld in our finals, and let the finals begin. Branson.
2: Whew, I may have to put some like uh royalty-free uh, who wants to be a millionaire similar music behind this, like that dun, 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 dun. Uh man. So I think I think everything that could be said about these two roles has been said. Um, H.I. McDonough is a brilliant performance. It's a fun performance. Uh, Rob Feld is just a beautiful art house, nuanced performance. I think it really comes down. I think for me, for me, I'm going to go with Rob Feld. You're going for the, Rob. I'm Feld going Rob the- Feld for this one. So that's one for Rob.
1: Okay. Well, uh, wow. We, we talk about hard brackets, and this one's actually very tough because you're yeah. right, Keith. It's funny because that's why we broke them apart the way we did on our podcast. We wanted to do one of earliest Nick Cage films with huge acclaim versus the latest Nick Cage film, which was Pig at the time. So it is funny that that is how it ends. Oh my God. Yeah, this, yeah. Was, our, this, was, this was the our last, last episode of uh, Rage <laughs> wow. Cage. So with that said... Gosh, H.I. McDonough is such a special character and it's so, such a unique character. And then when I say that out loud, I say that I could think the exact same thing about Rob Feld's character. What I am going to say is the tiebreaker for me, though, is Pig did just come out about three months ago. It is a very recent film where H.I. McDonough stands the test of time. It has proven that it can last a while. It truly does. It is not only a funny performance. It's a heartwarming performance. It's an emotional performance. It's a great performance. It is comedy. I think is even a harder art as an actor. To pull off someone who did very minor acting in my days. like Comedy is something that you can't teach it. You just have to be able to do it. And he does it in spades in this movie. He could have been he looked like he was like jim carrey at his prime in this film just the lunacy yeah. to this character and the bizarreness to it with that all said rob Feld is such a special character and it's just another one where you just see a heartbreak written performance from him and just again that ending scene where they all just realize they have to deal with loss is just such a emotionally vulnerable performance in there so with that I'm going H.I. McDonough for Raising Arizona just Mm. because of the longevity of this performance. And I mean, if you're talking about... It's proven that it
2: can last and be viewable.
1: Yes, and if you're talking... Sometimes I think of movies by cultural icons, and there's some images that I remember walking into my local blockbuster. They had Jack Nicholson's The Shining, Mm -hmm. Gene Wilder's uh, Willy Wonka. They had christopher reeves superman and i specifically remember a picture of h.i mcdonough from raising arizona it just shows that people recognize that character right away and maybe he's not on uh, the pedigree of the characters i just mentioned but it is kind of that iconic performance that's just hard to overlook for a film that is amazing and pig but also so recent so i am going h.i mcdonough
0: was it the mugshot photo is that the yes, one the <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it is pretty it was, much one it the was most everywhere favorite. Yeah, yeah, it was. All right, this is tough because I, I think I need to do, go with longevity too, but I might go in the opposite direction because I feel like, I, and maybe I'm talking more about just strictly performance here, but this is, Rob Feld is not a performance you can give at the beginning of your career. Um, and mm-hmm. it, with, he, he brings this, the weight of all these other characters he's played because after at, at a certain point, you're not just, you know, when you live with an actor that long, you um, you can't just see the single performance anymore. You, you can see all the other things that, that, that have been played against before. And I think there's so much of what have has passed in that, that performance and so much, um, you know, that you bring so much gravity to it. Uh, maybe it's just... Maybe this is recency biased, but I I just do love that performance so much, and it's hard for me to cast cast aside H, H. I McDonough, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the new here, uh, which, which wow which, also also the old Nicholas Cage I guess at this point, but uh, <laughs> wow uh, so you know it's it's tough, but I, I think if you know if I were looking at this and say which is you know more remarkable that he gave that great performance at the beginning of his career or that he's gave this really surprising performance at the, at the and most recent point in his career. And I, I feel more comfortable going with that. All
2: right. So Rob Feld is our winner.
1: Rob Feld from Pig, the most recent release on our uh, – I didn't in see in it coming bracket. either. <laughs> I, I am shocked. But honestly, again, see Pig. This yeah. is yeah. – you know what? They should take our podcast – and do this as an advertisement for Pig because honestly <laughs> film is so yes. special and this is this is scientifically broken down. <laughs> yeah, we did a lot of like numbers and crunching and we brought on an expert. Yes. So,
2: you know, like- and and I Keith you you gave an excellent point about this kind of being both a return to form for Cage and kind of being a culmination of all of his past performances. And I, it's kind of it's weird it's, that it's, once
1: we go through all the films we did, yeah. you see
2: those shades
1: in that performance. Yeah, of Rock it's, Bell. and it's
2: very satisfying that at the end of our own personal Nick Cage arc, the three of us, we ended with the top film by our professional and sole opinion. Uh, that's in air quotes. <laughs> that that the most recent and the most, um, uh, I I guess the most. Conglomerate performance from cage like you see elements from from everything from early points in his career from the lows and then he has the uh, um, Those moments of rage in this film where you can see the kind of craziness Um, It's it really is like a good Kind of wedding of all of these different Different phases and faces of cage.
0: Yeah, He's, yeah, he's just silent so well, well in it, and just sort of you know, and, and you know, not. It's a great nonverbal performance in many ways, but when he mm-hmm. does have model, you know, those, his, that one monologue in the restaurant, which is just, uh, uh, just wrenching stuff, and, and when he does mm-hmm. speak, it, it, it's amazing. So I, uh, uh, big fan, big fan of the performance. All right, you
1: could say pit, Pig is really you get to see the age of Cage live through. And that is a not-so-subtle plug to Keith, (laughs) your book coming out in, again, that is March, correct?
0: It it was October and now it is March.
1: It is March now, and I know I have my copy pre-ordered ready to go once it gets here. I am so excited to read that book.
2: Are you going to be doing an audiobook, Keith?
0: I won't be doing an audiobook. Apparently, they sold the rights to the audiobook, and at one point, I was picking out a narrator, but I don't know what the status of that is. To me, it's so weird that that, that there might be an audiobook version of this. <laughs> Such a strange thing to to, to contemplate. But uh, I, I am
1: I, so ready to use my Audible credit to get the audiobook as uh, well. Thanks, yeah, guys. I'll, I'll hey, get it
0: real quickly. Um, there's a few movies I was surprised didn't make make the cut. I, these are just the ones you watch, right? These for, were the
1: ones we watched, and then when we were making the brackets, we're like, which ones would like make sense with the other type of films we watched? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And then there were so, just some that we didn't get to see. Yeah. I Please mention some mention some just, honorable mentions.
0: Uh, how about I just do a lightning round here and tell me if you have any thoughts on any of these films. And yeah. If you haven't seen them, that's fine. Uh, Peggy Sue Got Married?
1: Haven't seen it in haven't years. Seen it. That's why. Yeah, I, I, I put love it his on.
0: performance. That is it's so strange, but it, it's such a it's the right performance for that yeah. for that character. Uh, Moonstruck, of course, is, is is a great one, and I, I, he's yeah. terrific in that I film. Really great performance. That one. Uh, he, yeah, Red one Rock West. Favorites. Have you seen Red Rock West? It's hard to find these days. Red
2: Rock. Yeah. Do You, you know, know what? It?
0: We were trying to watch it. Yeah, that, that was, was the one.
1: That was We had two films. It was that and the one where he plays uh, the Elvis impersonator in Las Vegas. I'm blanking on the title. Is that uh, Honeymoon in
0: Vegas? Honeymoon in Vegas, yes. So
1: we were trying to add both of those films to the list. It just ended were, up, but like they were not, we couldn't find them. And then I went to the DVD stores around Sacramento and just couldn't find them. So we just ended up having to scrap them because I didn't want to illegally pirate them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I ended up buying a Australian DVD for Red Rock West. Yeah. Uh, it's really, it's really good. I saw it in the theaters at the time. It's this, this kind of like it's this modern noir by John Dahl who did The Last Seduction. There's a lot of TV now, he's a very good director. Um, and, and it's, um Cage plays basically the drama of it is he's he's someone who who you know in noir you're always making mistakes you're kind of falling into darkness and he plays a character who just kind of keeps refusing to do that until it's it's forced on him uh it's, it's him playing opposite Dennis Hopper it's, it's a lot of it's a lot mm. of fun um but like in the early 90s there you mentioned uh Honeymoon in Vegas uh, he did another film called "It Could Happen to You," which is, uh, I think, a really sweet movie. But there was this phase where he's like basic, basically playing nice, normal guys, and he was mm-hmm. really good at it too. <laughs> um, but um, I mean, the other other really great performances are uh, um, did you catch "Kiss of Death"? History makeup uh, in that. Is, Kiss of uh,
1: Death is a movie I saw again years ago. Yeah, so I know of it more than was I remember. That, was that one that we wanted to find as well? I don't think so. I think Kiss of Death is pretty out there.
0: It's yeah, it's oh, not yeah. that hard to find. It was the same year as Leaving Las Vegas. I think it kind of helped prime the pumps for 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 that that reception of that one. And I, I think I'm a big fan of bringing out the dead. Um, I think that's a really uh, he just so he just the most exhausted, dead eyed performance you'll, you'll see. Mm. Uh, but it's perfect for the character. Um, uh, the one I always point to is is the great Nicholas Cage performance that not enough people saw was Matchstick Men.
1: Yes, that one was one that i had on my list forever but when we were going through our six weeks it was so hard for me to think of a category that made sense to pair it with another
2: movie that that was a big thing trying to figure out like which two movies went together so Mm -hmm. like we did adaptation and face off
1: because it's two kind of two different character performances
0: sure that makes sense uh,
1: with that we just like it was on my list because i absolutely adore that movie and but it's just ultimately we had six weeks and we're just like, ah, this one just can't make it on.
2: But it is yeah. a great movie. At I, some point, we're going to have to do like Cage Off Cliff Notes or something like that. We're going to have to do, do, do like a one. Cage Off Part 2. Should we? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't no, know no, if No, next do one's part... Wes
1: Anderson. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah. we're yeah. confirming that a year yeah. early. Next
2: year is Wes Anderson, guys. We're doing but... a Wes Anderson series at some point.
0: Yeah, but, I'm glad uh Protocol New Orleans, bad Protocol New Orleans made it, because I think that is, is one of the great ones. But other later years, um Mandy was a big one for me in ter- Mandy and deciding to write the there. book. And and mom and dad. I think that may be one that <laughs> such not such a good
1: Frickin' movie. I don't know. Yeah, mom and dad is he basically? I don't remember exactly how it happens, but he. It's Brian Taylor
0: of Dean and Taylor, who did the second Ghostwriter film, which is which is not very good. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, But this is a good one. Where where it's basically like kind of a virus or something that compels parents to kill their children or try to kill their children. Is that a horror movie? It's a yeah. It's pretty grody at times, but it's it's also it's more black comedy than anything else, and yeah. It, it is, you know, it plays for the shock value, but it's also a pretty good film about parenting and middle age uh, in in a way that uh, that's honest and in a you know a less blood soaked film sometimes <laughs> yes. isn't. I'll, I I kind of like that idea.
2: That's kind of funny. I'll
1: tell you my honorable mentions that we were considering putting on there. We had Lord of War from yeah. 2005 was one that again it was just we couldn't figure out how to pair it. Oops, I clicked. I clicked Sorcerer's Apprentice, which was not one of the ones we were considering.
2: <laughs> Left Behind was not one that we were considering.
1: <laughs> <laughs> City Maybe, of Angels. It's a real low point. Uh, City, oh, City exactly. of Angels I wanted to do just because it has mm-hmm. the Goo Goo Dolls song mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. So a that pretty, that pretty good one, movie.
0: I, I underrated it when I saw it at the time, but I, I, liked, I liked it quite a bit watching it again.
1: Wild at Heart, I know, almost made it. That, that, that was David. We could that not we find it anywhere. Yeah that was the other really
0: one. it's there's a it's on blu-ray i know shout factory put it out a few years ago maybe out of print at this point but yeah
1: that was one that i really wanted to see but we yeah just that's, a that's a major
0: performance that's that's a that's and it's david lynch you can't you can't go wrong yeah so uh
1: valley girl almost made it on mm-hmm. but we ended Good up movie. doing another one and you mentioned matchstick man uh matchstick man i mean and what was the other oh the other one which was a small release i'm sure keith you've seen it there's i don't even think you've heard of it Branson, it's called The Frozen Ground from 2013.
0: That's not bad. Yeah, that was, was, was one of the better uh, films I had not seen before that from the, the sort of direct-to-streaming direct to era. Um, yeah,
1: it was like weird. I bought that when it came out. like When it came out to DVD, I don't remember what it was, but I'm just like there's something about this movie that I want to see. Maybe it was that pairing of John Cusack and uh, Nicolas Cage again from Face Off that I was oh, just with,
0: interested in. With Cusack oh, playing...
2: Con is C- Cusack and Cage. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's also in uh, The Frozen Ground. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, it's, and with Cusack playing the creep and, and uh, Cage playing the normal guy too. And that, that, yeah. it's, it, has, it's, it has a nice like mood to it. I don't think it necessarily works all the way through, but I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen more from that director since then.
1: Yeah, so that was definitely it. And then before Pig came out, we originally had slotted Willy's Wonderland in there because mm. that was the most recent performance mm. from Cage. But did you, we got did, did you guys Pig, watch
0: it? No, no. I
1: bought it, prepared to watch it for the show. Mm-hmm. And then once I heard Pig in the acclaim, I heard about it from, I think it was Scott Mance, uh, yeah. a film reviewer in L.A. I think he was the one who had first tweeted out about Pig. Him and I want to say Perry Nimeroff were talking about it. because Did it premiere at Sundance or Cannes? I think not it was P-
0: Pig. Pig. Neither actually. Weirdly, oh. I, I think it should have. I wish it had gotten a um, a festival push, but it just kind of it just kind of came out. <laughs> <It was just laughs> kind when of. We- I, I, I talked to someone from Neon uh, a, a little bit before it came out, and they said they were putting it out in the fall, uh, probably. And then like two weeks passed, and all of a sudden it was like, "Pig coming in three weeks." Yeah, you know. Uh, actually, I remember I did hear it from them, but specifically
1: the person who told me to watch it was our mutual uh, acquaintance from Film at Fifty. Uh, Brian Rowe sure who is the one he's like oh if you're talking cage one he's the one who told me to contact you and then he was like if you're talking cage you gotta talk pig
0: so yeah it, it, it's it's great uh yeah yeah Willy's we is it's one of those films that it's kind of works better in theory than in practice I and mean, he's he's really fun it's a it's a Wordless are almost entirely wordless performance, but it's also one where where they they didn't really have the budget to do what they wanted to do. So yeah, much of it seems to take place in like one room.
2: Yeah, I uh looking at the. Co- I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but looking at the cover, I was like, oh, so this is basically Mister Megorium's Wonder Emporium. But like evil. again, yeah, I but it's more evil. like Five Nights at Freddy's. That's, uh, how that's how like right. <laughs> wow five that nights was our at first, freddy's the movie that was our first five Here nights
1: at freddy's reference on the podcast so there's something for everyone. that's good yeah that's something that, sure.
2: <laughs> wow we finally did it we made a <laughs> five nights at freddy's thank you keith yeah you did it, keith. <laughs> yeah
1: you'll you'll always have that on our show
2: <laughs> our first five nights at freddy's podcast well, or well, podcast can, reference.
0: happy to help
1: yeah you, if you want <laughs> you can throw it in your twitter bio i'll uh if you want to throw it on LinkedIn, I'll, I'll sign off for you for that. Endorsed, <laughs> endorsed endorse as
2: Five Nights at Freddy's referencer.
1: But thank you, Keith. You've been an amazing guest and we yes. absolutely
2: love talking
1: to you about this. Oh, it's this. my pleasure. And this was the ultimate ending to Caged Off. We really couldn't have edited it this, yeah, this any was better. A good,
2: this was a good way to cap it off.
1: Uh, Keith, before we go, I just want to ask you one last question about the book. And that question is for fans of Nicolas Cage what should they be most excited about this book or what's the insight you think that any fan of film and of this actor and just Hollywood in general are gonna get
0: so I can't promise any like huge scoops I mean I, I there's no probably you know there's I, I don't dig up any any details people don't know before but I like to think I I frame it the cage and I, I, Oh, let me back up. I think I I, I frame the the career in in a bigger picture, and I I I see it as, um, you know. In some ways, a, I'm kind of tired of the the meme of Cage. I'm kind of tired of of the Cage's punchline. Uh, I think there's a lot more there, and I don't think people um, have this long a career or generate this much interest, you know, four decades in at this point uh, without uh, there being a lot to talk about. So hopefully, I I, I unpack it in a way that the people will enjoy.
2: Yeah, I I we I think we both. I, I keep saying this, but after watching all these movies and after a month and a half of watching Cage and like watching all these behind the scenes and stuff, someone needs to put some respect on that guy's name. <laughs> For sure, Nick Cage is incredible. So I, you're doing you're doing great work, Keith. Um, so where where can people find you? Where can people follow you? Uh, what what other things you got in the in the mix?
0: Um, you can follow me on Twitter at KFIPs 3000. And I, whenever I write something, I, I, I post it there. I, I got a project I, I'm not talking about yet, but I can pro I'll be posting about soon. So I guess it's sort of a, a watch, watch the space kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I, I turn up a lot, like I said, like we said at the top of the show and, and, uh, GQ, the ringer, TV guide, vulture, um, polygon, other places as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out there. I'm doing, I'm doing what I do. Nice. He's
2: doing what he does. And, uh, his his links um i'll put the uh the website to your book uh as well as your twitter in the episode description so if you guys want to check out keith please do those links will be uh in the description down below yep uh and it looks like i i guess that's the end of this episode yeah so Thanks Branson. for joining us on Rage Cage, everybody. Yeah, Rage Cage, cage off. off,
1: and the Cage Off has been so successful. And I guess we already announced it, but Wes Anderson will be coming sometime in 2022 mm-hmm. because Branson and I just need a rest.
2: Yes, this was so much <laughs> but, work to do in but, like a five week span. You know what we need to tease Ben?
1: Oh, we're te- oh we're teasing it now. Go for it. The, the yeah, tease it. Go for it.
2: Quack quack.
1: Yes, that is our teaser for next week's episode. Uh, Keith will tell you off air what that means. <laughs> okay. But uh, thank you so much, Keith, for joining us. We are so thrilled that you got to be on here. Guys, check me out at the Beniverse on Twitter. Check me Instagram. out on Instagram He's at
2: bindmedia. Bind
1: dot media. Bind. media. I'm yeah. the dot beniverse and Ben underscore. Uh, the underscore Beniverse. On All those Twitter. links will be in the description too. They'll be in the description. Uh, I'll be one of my first articles for Highbrow Magazine is getting published next Tuesday, so check that out. Uh, like and subscribe, guys, onto the podcast <laughs> Great. and Five once stars. again on Amazon right now. Age of Cage: Four Decades of Hollywood Through One Singular Career. You can pre-order. It looks like the Kindle and the hardcover for only twenty three dollars, guys. Like. Do it right now. Like you can pre-order it. I have mine ready. Keith, when we uh, hopefully get to meet in person once this pandemic hopefully hopefully comes to an end, uh, I'm gonna have you sign it because I am so excited about this book. And this is a day one buy. Sorry, not even a day one buy. Six month free buy. And I it just can't, the DLC. Yeah, I can't wait to read it. So uh, I am absolutely guys, I- shocked. I hope it does not disappoint (laughs) I'm sure it will not so thank you Keith for joining us guys thanks for listening that is Cage Off take care Uh, stay safe and see you guys next week for Quack Quack
0: (laughs) gonna get straight to the point thanks I couldn't think of a more horrible job if I wanted to and you have to do it you have I'll fire you, do you understand?